General Jim Mattis, 40 years in the U.S. Marine Corps. <clears throat> How do you keep improving as a leader to meet the demand of each role in your career? We all get promoted, you have different roles to play. How do you stay teachable as a leader? I think the most important thing here, uh, Joel, is that you have to assume you must keep improving. If you make that your decision, that you must improve, if you look at every week in the Marine Corps as your last week of peace, and you must be better at the end of this week as a warfighter, then you'll push yourself on your three-mile run down to 18 minutes, and you'll accept no excuses. You'll push yourself 21 pull-ups, and you'll accept no excuses. You'll push yourself to read the Commandant's reading list. You'll push yourself that when the things are going tough in the field, you keep your spirit up, and you're the man everyone can turn to, knowing that you don't give up. And you just keep improving every day with the assumption that if you're going to lead more Marines in the future as you get promoted, they expect you to be the physically toughest, the mentally sharpest, and the spiritually just the uh, most undiminished person, that nothing, not cold, not rain, not enemy situation, not frustrating rules can get you down. And you just maintain this body, mind, and spirit improvement at all times. You stay teachable most by reading books by reading what other people went through. I can't tell you the number of times I looked down at what was going on on the ground or I was engaged in a fight somewhere and I knew within a couple of minutes how I was going to screw up the enemy. And I knew it because I'd done so much reading. I knew what I was going to do because I'd seen other similar situations in the reading. I knew how they'd been dealt with successfully or unsuccessfully. And so long as you continue along this line, as long as you remember, somebody on the other side is watching, hoping that you're not at the top of your game, that you're not reading, that you're not working out, that you're not strong spiritually, then they're going to think they've got you. You want to always be the toughest, the sharpest out there. GlobalRecon.net, giving you the matter of facts. Welcome to the Global Recon Podcast. I'm your host, John Hendricks. We got an interesting episode for you guys. Uh, we have on with me back on the podcast is Nick Betts. And Nick is a former Army soldier. He served in Iraq and Afghanistan, has some interesting experiences. If you haven't heard Nick on before, uh, you know, he was in Ramadi when it was pretty bad. And, and uh, you know, like I said, he has some interesting experiences. Nick, how's it going, brother? Good, man. You? It's good, man. Nonstop work um always always hustling yeah man and uh so so before we get into you know what we're going to talk about can can we talk about what you've been up to lately yeah man um i'm, I'm still recovering from shot show uh <laughs> as as you all know shot show is is commonly referred to in the industry as shit show uh it was a good time man it was it was super busy i did a lot of work for my own company crypto strategic um, and then I also work for, uh, former Navy SEAL sniper instructor, Brandon Webb, uh, over at soft rep and, and hurricane group. And, uh, so I was doing a lot of work for those guys as well. And we've been, uh, filming some TV shows, uh, through soft rep TV. It's a, it's a paid subscription TV channel. Um, and, uh, I just got done shooting uh, a TV episode with Buck Doyle. 
over in Utah, and that was a, a two-day event, and, and that was sick, dude. It was it's his scoped carbon course. Uh, it was pissing pissing snow the whole time, and it was negative eleven with a negative thirty-one chill on the second day. Wow. Uh, so that that was that was a uh, dude. I'm from San Diego, so I was dying. <laughs> I, I was wearing every single piece of clothing that I fucking owned. <laughs> Uh, but it was, it was a good time. So I've been doing that and then getting ready to head out to France uh, at the very end of the month. And me, Brandon, uh, Leo Jenkins, uh, and a couple other guys from from the soft community are going to uh, film the snowboarding documentary. Well, snowboarding and skiing in Chamonix, France. And we'll be dropping out of helicopters and, and uh, getting after the Alps and, and tearing it up. And, and the documentary is going to be on SoftRep TV and it's called Big Mountain Heroes. And essentially the premise behind it is thrills before pills, uh, just to kind of alleviate all of the veteran suicide rate and uh, kind of bring awareness to the community and, and just kind of pushing guys to get out and seek new adventures and, and uh, you know, kind of leave the, leave the medication behind and, and kind of use nature as your medication. So, so that's what I've been up to. Right, right, because we all know the – you know, getting Jordan pills doesn't work. And, uh, you know, I, I guess seeking the next adventure is, is really the way to go, uh, especially for guys experiencing some issues post-military and that kind of thing, you know. So it's sounds like it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped. We got a, a bitch in Airbnb, and, and uh, I couldn't think of a better way to spend a week in anywhere. <laughs> nice. In France, just dropping out of halos and snowboarding some pow and, and – uh, We'll be doing some ice climbing as well, so it's going to be good. I I have all the confidence in the world. I'm probably going to break a bone, but <laughs> we'll get after it. Awesome. So, on I had a conversation with a guy by the name of Bob Keller. Bob is a longtime member of the U.S. Army uh, Special Operations Apparatus, uh, with serving time in the Ranger Battalion and then Army Special Forces Green Berets, and then from there he went on to. Uh, different units within the uh, special operations community. And Bob now owns a company called Gamut Resolutions. And they he's a, the sole instructor and they, he does these really interesting courses on shooting and tactics and, and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, like, like I said, he has a, a lot of experience in uh, – special operations so the kind of instruction that you get with bob is really unique and and i mean there's a lot of really legitimate instructors out there but at the same time with this kind of rise of social media and there are people who don't have the experience that guys like bob might have or a guy like yourself nick who's you know you have rotations into combat zones during some really hectic times so uh it's kind of an interesting concept and you know, it's it's something that I wanted to kind of get your take on it because one of the uh, one of the kind of driving points that Bob has for his some of his philosophy, at least to when he's trying to communicate and reach people who are thinking about taking a course, is you know before nine eleven, guys were doing stuff that they thought would work. Post nine eleven, now we're doing things that they they know is going to work or they know works. Um, you joined the army in 2005? Yeah, correct. So by the time you got in, uh, there was already a, a couple rotations to Iraq and Afghanistan. So I would imagine that that 
probably change some of the training and tactics uh, by that point, right? Yeah, I think it was it was that was right on the cusp. I think 2005, 2006 was right when guys were rotating back from the invasion and had all these lessons and this knowledge and experience to kind of instill. But at that point in time, those guys really weren't in instructor positions, whether it be sniper school, R Slick, um, Sodic, or you know any any courses that you know we could really take with us uh, back over the proving grounds. But what we were fortunate to have, and some of these guys, what we call them SMEs or subject matter ex- experts, they even stayed in country. And during our pre-training workup or our pre-deployment workup, we would be in Kuwait. And these guys were telling us firsthand, we were going through IED lanes, we were doing CQB in in Kuwait itself, and like going through the tents that we were all sleeping in. Um from these guys that have spent the last two years, you know, in, in, in Iraq or even guys that are coming over from Afghanistan, there were two very different wars, obviously. Um, but the tactics and TTPs utilized by both enemies wasn't really a whole lot different at that time. Um, and so they were, they were definitely kind of filling us up full of knowledge and it wasn't happening in CONUS or even back in the States or in Europe where I was stationed. Um, it was all happening in Kuwait. So all these guys that were staying in Kuwait for two, three, four weeks were getting the, the knowledge and, and the kind of the, the life lessons that were learned in Iraq, um, they're local on the ground. Right. So you're you're on social media with your company, Crypto Strategic, and um, you, you know, you, you do some stuff with software. You've been on the podcast before and, you know, a lot of guys in the industry, you go to uh, Shot Show and... So obviously you're you're aware on the social media side of the house. Is yeah. is this something that you've seen or taken note of of guys not necessarily being combat veterans but teaching uh shooting and and not to say that there's something necessarily wrong with it because I'm sure some guys who aren't veterans can shoot well, but I, I guess certain aspects of it you you would want to learn something from a guy who's been there done that. Yeah, exactly. There's, um, you know, two good people that I can think of off the top of my head that I go to all the time for firearms knowledge and instruction. Uh, one of them is Paul Van Dunk. Um, he's an incredible pistol shooter. And another one is Keith Sanderson. And Keith is, he's, he was in the Marine Corps. He was in the Army. He's still in the Army. Um, and he's an Olympic rapid fire pistol shooter. He's been to Beijing. Um, he was just in the last Olympics in, in uh, Brazil. And he's presence 100 tabbed, which is not an easy feat to get. And pretty much anybody that's in the service really wants that tab. Um, and, and he can shoot better than anybody I know. And neither of them have been to combat. So those guys are there. Um, however, what you need to do is you have this, I kind of look at it like a menu, right? I got a menu of all these instructors and trainers and I go to certain people for certain things and I go to other people for other things. Um, all the guys coming from CAG or other units, uh, like Pat McNamara, um, or Larry Vickers, like I, I will listen to anything they say they've, they've done it. They've, you know, had, have far more of an impressive career than I do. Um, and so I take what they say as far as combat applications, as far as actually killing people. And then when it comes to fundamentals, uh, precision and, and the other end of the house, I, I go to Paul or I'll go to Keith and just kind of being well-rounded and that's what's so fortunate if there's anything fortunate to take out of 14 15 years of being in war it's 
all these experiences. And so, and, and all these guys coming out of it. So I'll, you know, we, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of good courses out there that are readily available. Um, however, I think that on the civilian side of the house, there's a lot of guys that broadcast themselves as an NRA certified pistol instructor. And that doesn't mean shit. Uh, these, these guys are, are retards, which is another reason why I don't shoot at public ranges, which is another reason why I can't stand being in a, a gun store any longer than 10 minutes because everyone acts like they know everything. And that's completely far from the case. And so, you know, the, the competitive shooting side is interesting. Obviously guy, if you're competing on a professional level with, you know, however the shooting part of it goes in terms of accuracy, the number of targets you hit, how fast you can shoot, that kind of thing. Obviously there's a correlation there. And I know um Carlos Hathock, the you know, legendary Marine Corps scout sniper and, and the guy who's one of the driving forces behind maintaining a sniper program, you know, post war, uh, he was a competitive shooter. So I, I know that there's some, you know, things you can learn, I guess, and and apply it to combat as Carlos Hathock has done. And I'm sure others have done. And, and like you said, you get some advice from uh, guys, you know, who competitive shoot, but, um, you know, like kind of like with the, like I said, the rise of social media, there are people who are, who kind of figured out how to market themselves on social media and then sell what they're doing as like the Bible in a way. And I guess, uh, you know, that can have a negative uh, effect on people because I know when you learn shooting, if you learn, if you kind of develop some bad habits and that sort of thing kind of sticks with you. And then when you get to a a good instructor, you have to like relearn the basics in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's, what's bad is I'll, I'll take people out shooting and whether it's my civilian friends or, um, you know, whomever and, and, you know, we'll go out to, to have a good time and sling some lead down range and, and I'll ask them if they shot before and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, I shoot all the time. And you know, my dad taught me and, and this and that. And, and that, that doesn't mean shit to me. Um, I'll, I'll know how much you shoot or, you know, the, these good traits that you have when, when we get on the range and I kind of see you pick up a pistol and, and normally I'll know far before that. So people can go to these courses that can pay for, you know, a civilian instructor or whatever it may be. And they're still flagging the shit out of you or they're holding the pistol wrong. And it's like, listen, dude, you look like Steve McQueen. Like, and, and that's probably exactly who you're trying to model yourself off of. But you're teacupping your your Glock and, and that's not the correct way to do it. Um, and so they have to unlearn this. Or people get defensive about it. They're like, what are you talking about? I paid $500 from this course. I'm like, yeah, well, you you lost that bet. Like you just paid a lot of money for nothing because you were taught nothing but bad habits for eight hours on pistol range. So it's pretty unfortunate. Um, and I'm not saying that combat veterans are, are the end all be all as far as, you know, instructors, because there's Todd Hodnett wrote the book on precision rifle and he's never been to war right. and he's teaching, he's teaching dev Grew, He's teaching CAG. He's teaching the entire world on precision rifle. And I, I mean, I, I look at that dude as literally the, the God of, of long range marksman and dude's never seen a, a, a day of war. Um, and, and that's admirable and it's respectable, but these guys out here that are pushing social media, they're fronting their wives as gun bunnies and like some, 
you know, super sweet shooter. It's like, dude, get the ticks out of the mix and, and quit acting like, um, like, like, you know what the fuck you're talking about. Corey Jackson is the first person that comes to mind. This dude got kicked out of the army in 30th AG, which is 30th AG from anybody that knows in the army is before basic training. That's where you go to like get your hair cut and, you know, being told how to stand at attention and you get your, your uniforms issued. That dude got kicked out of the army then. And then he was teaching, uh, tactical courses and tactical, I use that term very loosely, tactical courses somewhere in the Midwest. And now that dude's a joke. So I don't know. And, but he was, he was boasting himself as, you know, this incredible instructor and so on and so forth. And he was pushing his wife and her tits out there to kind of help push his company and the brand. And it's, it's sad to see. Right. And, and, and that's what, you know, with, as the wars have gone on longer, more guys are getting out and more guys are starting companies. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of good companies out there of guys teaching, shooting and that kind of thing. And hopefully with, uh, more guys creating these companies like Bob is doing with uh, Gamut Resolutions and uh, some of the others out there. It'll push out some of that. And uh, I know you, you do some shooting instructing as well, right? Yeah, I do. So I'm, I'm based in San Diego. Um, so there's obviously the, the hate towards the, the best coast or the, the left coast. <laughs> um, but I, I teach precision rifle shooting, uh, kind of like a level one and level two, so beginners uh, teaching people about their their scopes and their optics and how to better utilize it and the proper fundamentals. And then we can work up from shooting from barricades or alternate positions and shooting in high winds and stuff like that. Uh, by all means, I'm I'm not you know an incredible rifle shooter, but I want people to know how to how to use their firearms. You know, knowledge is power. And so on top of that, between the military and contracting. I actually didn't learn dick about shooting pistol in the military. This is all post-military. Um, but, you know, teach pistol courses, just level one, you know, basic stuff. This is how to hold it. This is how to shoot. Um, I'm not a savage pistol instructor, and there's other dudes that are far better than me. But I just I want to bestow this knowledge to people, and I want to put firearms in, in, responsible, in, in the hands of responsible people. Um, you might have a concealed carry, but it doesn't mean that you know how to use it. There are tons of police out there that can't shoot a pistol worth of shit and innocent people are dying of it. So it's just bestowing any and all knowledge that I have on people. And and those are the courses that I I teach carving application as well. So. Right. And and that's, it's interesting you bring up the police part. That's something that me and Bob spoke about as well. And um, a lot of uh, municipalities don't have the budgets to even train the officers properly in, in firearms. And what ends up happening in some cases is, these guys have to spend their own money and they're off time to go and shoot. And, uh, I think that's kind of unreasonable at this point. Um, so, you know, it's just interesting that, you know, it works that way, but there are people out there who can teach the right way. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's kind of uplifting, especially given the current kind of climate with, uh, police and that sort of thing. So, so Nick, it's an, Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, it's just incredibly irresponsible. Um, you know, you're, you're having, and, and don't get me wrong, I have tons of police friends. I am all about blue lives, and and I, I, I love these guys to death. Um, however, I think that the agencies, uh, the departments, whomever they're working for, like, invest time, invest money into marksmanship, into courses, into threat assessments. Um, I, I just... And, and you don't see enough of, of veterans getting hired in the police academy 
because they might think that we're damaged or, you know, we might not pass a polygraph. And it's like, really? Like, I'd rather have this old, crusty, you know, 20-year-old uh, Army or, or Marine guy on the police force than this brand new dude out of, out of college or high school that has never touched a gun in his life and just, you know, thinks that wearing a bulletproof vest is sick. You, I mean, I, I want, I want guys that are experienced and those, these threat assessments and, and going through escalation of force is crucial nowadays as is evident with all of, uh, the, the, the shootings. Don't, and don't get me wrong. Some of these, some of these shootings on people that the BLM guys are protesting were completely justified. Um, you know, Brown, you, you, you want to tackle a cop and beat him up, like you're, you're going to get fucking killed. Um, however, there's a lot of other cases that aren't justified and being able to read these threats properly with what we did, even in the military is, is exactly what needs to happen. Um, and to take that for granted, you're going to be paying more money in lawsuits than you would in, in training for, for your, your police officers. Right. And, and actually that's an excellent point to bring up. I know in New York City alone, I think they pay out like something like around four or five million dollars a year, even more. Uh, I know the number is in the millions and they pay that out every single year just in lawsuits. And not all of it is from shooting, but I know a percentage of that is. And it's like if you put some of that money into the proper training, then maybe you wouldn't need, um, you know, you wouldn't need that, it, that it, lawsuit money. So. If it's $4 million, you could take a quarter of, of what you would pay in lawsuits and invest that into training for your police officers with, uh, you know, various firearms instructors in the country. And you would have the most G'd up NYPD you've ever you've ever seen in, in anybody's tenure. Uh, so why that's not happening, I, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's mind blowing. Right. So, Nick, if if anybody listening is interested in keeping up with you you know, potentially taking a course, checking you out, where's the best place to do that? Uh, so I got my website, cryptostrategic.com and crypto is spelled K-R-U-P-T-O. And then Instagram, crypto underscore strategic and Facebook is also crypto strategic. And, um, you know, do uh, kind of like a lifestyle brand for the industry is clothing. And, and I also have a little, a little bit of a, a tactical mindset as, as well. Uh, so it's, it's, I just want to offer anybody what I can. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, you've uh you wrote a pretty good article that kind of went viral on my website. Uh you posted it on your website, then I reposted it to mine. And uh so also people can check that out. Um so it's pretty cool stuff. And Nick, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate you uh taking out the time and, and getting on here. And uh so I thank you for your service, brother. Of course, man. Thank you so much, John. All right, so with that being said, now I'll play the conversation that I had with Bob Keller. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, on with me for this week's podcast, we have a special guest uh, by the name of Bob Keller of Gamut Resolutions. Bob, what's up, brother? Not much, man. All right, so, Bob, uh, you know, we'll talk about a couple of things. You know, we could vaguely talk about your experience, your uh, your background, and what it is that you're now doing these days in regards to your company. Um, can we talk a little bit about your military background? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, about 20 years ago, I started off in the range of battalion and eventually moved on to the special forces. And after that moved on to bigger and better things from there. And that brings me to now. 
Now, so you've had a, a long career in the U.S. Army. Obviously, the last uh, you know sixteen years or so have been very active in the uh, you know the ever changing global situation. Um, so that'll place someone like yourself with a lot of experience in uh, shooting and gunfighting, and, and and you know the kind of mindset that's required to be successful, whether that's for you know self-defense, you know, home stuff or for guys who are first responders or, you know, going overseas, that kind of thing. Right. So, um, all right, so we'll get into it. So, you know, as someone who served for the amount of time that you served and, you know, with your experience in special operations, you know, how important is it that people, because obviously now that, you know, after so many years of war, there's a lot of people out there offering training programs and that sort of thing. Some of them, some of them are legit, some aren't. Uh, how important is yep. it to you with your experiences and background to get realistic, good instruction out there? Uh, it's, I think it's absolutely crucial. And now that we've, you know, post 9-11, we actually have guys out there that do have real experience now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an absolute must. Um, before, before nine 11, uh, including myself, we all trained to what we thought would work and, and that's all we really knew. So we were coming up with our own drills, uh, how, you know, shooting methods or you name it, but it was still just what we thought would work. And then you come to present day, there is a crap ton of experience out there and guys that have been in a lot of different situations and now actually know what works. So yeah, realistic training. I mean, it's, it's an absolute must. Uh, the problem with guys that don't have realistic gunfighting experience is that just like I said, all they're teaching is stuff that they think that's going to work. And the problem with that is if you're doing a one day course or a two day course, they're wasting a lot of time on stuff that really doesn't need to be taught. And then not as much time on the stuff that actually works. So yeah, very important. Right. And, and today, you know, with the internet and, and that kind of thing, there's a lot of there's a lot of courses out there that like you can, you know, just get on Google and find a whole bunch of things all across the United States. And then, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because you'll see some people and, and there's some people who are kind of big on social media who don't have any military background or, or law enforcement background, but who can shoot well, um, at least, yeah. you know, on, on a range and that kind of thing. But it's a completely different dynamic when you're getting shot at versus just shooting at uh, a target. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean the guys that are, that don't have any gunfighting experience, but are, you know, good at the uh, competition shooting. A lot of that stuff does come into play uh, for, you know, getting, getting the gun up, getting, fast shots off and accurate shots. But once that is done, then it, you know, it comes into the whole mindset thing and just being prepared for actual, you know, I mean, 
it, ter- it takes a certain person to actually be able to be in a gunfight. So you could be the, the you could be the fastest shooter in the world and the most accurate shooter in the world, but if you don't have the right mindset or the balls to stand there and get shot at, it's all it's useless. So yeah, going back to like the realistic trainer get or getting training from guys that have actually been there. Uh, I kind of I like to use the the term train like you fight. Right. Uh, so what I always say it's you you should fight like you train when it comes to gunfighting. So guys that have never been in a gunfight, how the hell are they going to train like they fight if they've never actually done it? Right. So you get with you get with people that have actually been there, they know how to fight, and then you train like that. Right, right. And, if and, that makes if that makes any sense, or did I just freaking confuse the hell yeah, out of you? No, it does. And um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just interesting to see. Like you, you've had uh, a video up on your social media and website, and, and we'll drop the links for that later on in the show, uh, where you kind of talk about uh, some of your philosophy and and uh, and some of that. Can we talk about that now? Like some of the the kind of key points in in your philosophy for what? Like for just for for the gunfighting piece, um, you know, like mastering the basics, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean that. That. So the ba- and I am I am absolutely huge on just perfecting the basics and doing what I call the ready up drills, um, because really when it comes down to it, almost every situation you're in. Uh, depending on environment or where you're at, it comes up or it comes down to you getting the gun up, getting sight picture and pulling the trigger. So I focus a lot on ready up drills to perfect that getting the, getting the gun up fast, getting sight picture fast and pulling the trigger fast. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. And and then, of course, you know, in, in the video, you mentioned what you just said about the ready up drills, but as well as having that those drills and those skills to do that, you also need the mindset and the, the, the right mind to, to be able to perform in a gunfight situation. Can you talk a little bit about the mindset? Yeah, so <laughs> mindset, kind of like I teach... Uh, Anyone in shooting, I mean, it all comes down to the individual. So I think each person's mindset is going to be different. But what you do need to keep in mind is, I guess the best way to explain it for me is you you always have to expect it and you have to accept it. So what that means is every time you go outside or you go into a building, you should be thinking something bad's going to happen. And if you're thinking that, you should accept the fact that something bad's going to happen to you. So, and if you don't like that, <clears throat> then you should probably never get in a gunfight. Right. But you do you do need to expect it and to accept the fact that bad things are going to happen. And if you always think that way, when a bad situation does happen, it won't be as stressful for you as it would be if you never thought that. 
so it's it's same thing on the range and i stress it all the time it's it's hard to really get yourself to do it but anytime you're training anytime you're looking at a target you have to think of that target as a threat um because if you just think of it as a paper target it's not going to be a big deal to you you're not actually going to push yourself uh, you, you just truthfully, you got to freaking think of that target as a real threat. And it, it, it will, it will make you a way faster shooter and way more accurate shooter, but it's hard. It's hard to think of that paper target as someone shooting back at you. Right. But that's kind of interesting. And I, I guess in a situation where you're, you know, you can potentially get shot and killed, you're a little more motivated and, um, I guess that's the the main difference between just training and actually fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, if, if you're just shooting on a flat range at targets, yes, that's very hard to get yourself to think of those as a threat. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, cripes, I, I'm, I, I'm guilty of it. Right. But yeah, if you, if you can, if you can really, really focus on that and actually think, what would I do? If this was if this target was actually freaking bringing a gun up and shooting at me, how much faster would I be? And that's that's just what you have to do every time you go train to push yourself to go past that limit. Right. Right. So, see, like like you said, there was a lot of pre nine eleven what we thought works, post nine eleven what we know works uh, kind of thing going on. But you you also said. With like the competition shooters, there are some elements of it that uh, can translate into an actual gunfight. Uh, has that been important over the years? You know, in, in regards to uh, how shooting has developed in in like the soft community. Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as you're using the equipment that you'd actually be carrying on a day to day basis, you know, I mean. We, the guys that are doing the competition stuff obviously have modded out guns and different holsters and all that stuff. But a lot of the competitions that they do with the, the moving and shooting at uh, different phases. I mean, yeah, it does that. It was, it, it forces guys to shoot fast and accurate. And that is ultimately what you have to do. Uh, but like I said, you could do that all day long if you don't have the correct mindset, if you're not ready to actually get shot at and you're not accepting that, all that, all those skills mean nothing. Right. Now, can we talk a little bit about like, you know, the, the gunfighting itself, like in an actual uh, situation where you're, you're shooting and you're getting shot at and kind of like what the atmospherics are like, uh, you know, in, in relations to, you know, keeping your head on your shoulders and, and being able to perform your job? Because you said if, if you're not prepared to, you know, potentially get shot and, and wounded or killed, then you, you're not going to be effective. Right. Uh, well, yeah, to get to that, I mean, it, that's hard to talk about. Every situation is different. And that that's a good one to go into for training-wise. I mean, you could go to the range every single day and train on a thousand different situations every single day. 
And when the time actually comes that you have to do something, I guarantee it's not going to be any situation you've actually been in. I mean, it, it's always different. So that's where it goes back to learning the basics, getting the gun up, getting sight picture and pulling the trigger because that's never going to change. Any situation you're in is always going to be different. But what isn't ever going to change is you getting that gun up fast, getting sight picture and pulling the trigger. Right. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, uh, you know, after I watched the video where you had up on your website and social media, you know, where you just you stress so much about mastering the basics. And it's kind of like that in, in a lot of different things in life, not just gunfighting. Um, you know, yeah, even, absolutely. even like professional sports, you know, the guys who are really good, you know, sure, they can probably do some fancy stuff, whether it's basketball or, you know, baseball or whatever. But in order to get to that level, you kind of have to be a master of the basics of it. And that ultimately leads to success, you know? Yep. <laughs> That's right. Cool. So, and so you have your company now, uh, Gamut uh, Resolutions. How, yep. how long have you guys been up and running? Uh, just uh, a little over a year now. Okay. So it's brand new. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah, so I've, I've almost done a full year of of courses, and my 2017 calendar is pretty much booked already, so I'll have to go into the 2018 calendar here shortly. Nice. So, yeah, it's going, going good. And are you the primary instructor, or do you have other people who help out with that kind of thing, or...? No, right now that's a good question. Uh, right now it is just me. So if you uh, if you book a class, that's that's who you're getting. I mean, I don't I don't see. So I I don't know if you read on the website or anything. I I keep my classes if it's going to be like an open enrollment class to ten men or women max. So I don't I don't allow any more than ten guys into my classes if I'm doing an open enrollment. Now, if someone does, you know, want a private class and they want 20 people in it, well, then so be it. But the open enrollment courses I keep at uh, a max of 10 just so I can actually get hands-on everyone and, you know, give them personal training. Uh, and that way I don't have to bring in any other instructors. So that's okay. kind of my, kind of my niche right now. And do you have, like, plans to expand it in the future where you could potentially bring in other instructors that kind of thing uh, not not really from from all the uh from all the comments after i mean guys freaking love that they love the fact that for one it's it's me at the course and two i can actually talk to each person individually i'm not just running 20 30 people through a drill you know like one drill and then two hours later you get to the next drill so I'm I'm actually giving instruction. So I think that's the biggest feedback I get is, you know, is so positive on that. I'd really like to keep it at just 10 and not bring in other instructors. Plus, I don't really trust anyone else to teach the way I teach. Right, right. And and it's kind of interesting because I've I've seen instances where or or, or read rather where they, you know, guys could be really great at what they do in terms of shooting or tactics or whatever it is, but they're kind of suck at teaching, you know, and it's kind of a, I guess it takes a, a different kind of person to be able to teach it properly as well. Well, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that is true. Um, 
you have that or you have kind of the opposite. You have great instructors and, uh, you know, they're personal guys. They actually know how to instruct. It's, it goes back to what we first started talking about. It's they're just not teaching the right stuff or they're bringing in 20 or 30 students and just running them through drills. And when you're doing a 20 or 30 man class, no one's getting one-on-one instruction at that point. Right. And, and if you, so, if you kind of have a question about something you're not sure about, you, you probably won't get an answer in that, that fashion. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of guys come to my classes that have been to these big classes and that's, that's, they just said it was ridiculous because yeah, you can't even ask a question. Right. So, yeah, I would like to say though, I think a lot of people when they go to the website or hear about me think that they need to already know what they're doing or they, they, they feel like they don't want to come to one of my classes because they're kind of intimidated or they think, you know, they're, they're not good enough, which is absolutely opposite. I actually prefer teaching guys that have no clue that gives me a lot more satisfaction at the end of two days walking them you know watching them walk off the range you know knowing that they now have the confidence to freaking handle uh either their pistol or rifle so i'm all about i'm all about getting the beginners (laughs) i've heard from people that they're intimidated to come to my class because they don't think that they're good enough Right. Well, you know, that's an interesting concept because for a number of years I was a personal trainer and um, I focused more on like the body weight training, like advanced body weight stuff, like some gymnastics work and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, people and then like the way to advertise it is to, you know, get up on a video, do a human flag, that kind of thing, or, you know, handstand pushups, whatever it is. And people would kind of get intimidated by that and say, oh, well, you know, my, my level of fitness is, is <laughs> yeah. low, so I don't want to go there and not be good enough. But it's like nope. if you if you trained with an expert, right, from the beginning, you'll probably improve faster and at a you know better and faster rate than if you just kind of learned it on your own and then went to a course, you know. So it's kind of an interesting concept, but I would say to people, and I've said this to people who've as as far as working out is yeah come and train with me or or train with someone who knows what they're talking about and you will grow much faster and uh better at the end of the day i think <laughs> yeah i i agree with that yep and 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 here's another thing i i was curious about and this is something i've read about and heard about some people will have uh been to different courses and over time develop like what would be considered bad habits. And from what I've, what I understand, that's kind of hard to correct. Like you'd have to like retrain people. Oh man. Yeah. But I mean, it can be done, but it, you come with bad habits. Uh, and that's why that goes back to, I actually like getting the beginners or guys that know nothing because they have no bad habits. So, right. uh, yeah, you can, you can get rid of the bad habits. It just takes repetition. I mean, you just got to, you just, you know, keep going over and over and over until you get that, you know, you get that bad habit out and then you got to do it a hundred, you know, hundreds and thousands of times to get that new muscle memory to do it the correct way. Right. So it's, uh, I mean, either way I get satisfaction 
you know, at the end, of, at the end of the day, watching guys learn the correct way, but it is, uh, it is sometimes easier to get the guys or girls that know nothing because <laughs> you, you can start from scratch, you know? Right. And so with your company, you also offer like a special program for law enforcement and first responders. Can we talk about that? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing an op, it's called Operation Blue. So what I try to do is get vendors to come in to sponsor half of it. I sponsor the other half through my company and then we get a group of, I try to keep that down to a maximum of 10 as well. Yeah. And we give them a free two day class. That's awesome. Yeah. They, they definitely need it. And unfortunately their departments just don't have the money or the resources to give it to them. So that's one thing, one thing I'm doing, I have, I have two lined up, uh, this year. So in the next four months, I'll do two of them and I'll, I'd like to do another, another two before 2018. Right. And, and that's kind of interesting with the, uh, the budgeting issues for different departments because all that stuff is based on the, you know, like the local municipality. So, you know, and, and just kind of veering off topic just a little bit, people, like when people have like complaints about certain things that cops do and I'm like, well, you know, in some ways, they're, they aren't trained enough in certain aspects, and it's not because they don't want to be or, or whatever. It's just because they they don't have the funding for it, you know? So Yeah, it, exactly. So that kind of thing that you're doing where you'll, you'll get someone to sponsor and then they'll sponsor the, the rest of it is interesting. And it's important because at the end of the day, if people want to improve the ability of our law enforcement, then they need the proper training. And, you know, I guess that's a, a way to kind of start or, or keep it going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, to me, it's a must. I mean, you gotta think these are, these are the guys that are out there protecting us and they don't have the proper training. So, uh, I got, I got sick of hearing that and got sick of talking to cops that I know, you know, do it. They get the once a year, twice a year training. I mean, that's freaking horseshit. Right. Uh, So yeah, more people need to step up and give these guys free training. Right. Okay. And so you also, like, let's say someone wanted to book a course in, you know, Nevada or something, you, you'd you be willing to travel out there and do the course? Is that how it works? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a traveling salesman. <laughs> yeah, wherever, if anyone wants a course set up that I don't have on my schedule, uh, that's the majority of my courses are set up that way it's just a private group so if someone does want to get a group together usually just get a hold of me uh as long as they get 10 guys the guy who's hosting the class gets to uh gets to take the course for free and yeah and i'll i will i will travel anywhere in the country awesome awesome so here's something i wanted to ask and this is kind of something that you know you see like online with uh you know, different guys with a similar background as you have, and people are just asking them these kind of questions. What yep. What is your everyday carry? A nineteen. Nice. Yeah, Glock nineteen. Nice. Yep. It's 
small enough not to be too uncomfortable, but big enough to make the important shots. Right. So it's to me the the perfect carry gun. Um, I you know there's <laughs> there's a lot of pistols out there smaller, and it feels a lot better to carry. But when the shit goes down for real, you really want to pull out something that small. Yeah. You know how how accurate are you going to be able to shoot uh, with a tiny little gun? So, but yeah, I get it. You don't want to carry a freaking Glock 17 or 34 in your in your pants either. So yeah, I'm I'm a Glock 19 guy for my carry. Okay, and and what what kind of rifle is it that you run? Like I saw you, uh, you know, in the video you had up on your site. What kind of rifle is that? Uh, Daniel Offense. So I run either either a V11 or a V V7, depending on the day. They're both freaking awesome. But yeah, that's my that's my go to go to rifle. Awesome. Okay, and um. And can you drop your social media handles and, and website for anyone who's interested in potentially running a course with you or just kind of keeping up to date with what, what you're doing? Hell yeah. Yeah. So website is all you got to do is type in gamma resolutions. Uh, for the for the website. Uh, so my Instagram handle is Keller Gamut Resolutions. And my Facebook is Gamut Resolutions. Okay, nice. Um, all right, cool, man. What you know, what you're doing is great. Um, I think it's awesome that people can, you know, get out there and pay some money and get some good instruction. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot of guys who are out there offering great classes and great instruction, but then there's also an equal amount of, uh, you know, kind of a noise if you want to call it that and um yeah uh, well that's what i would like to say i mean there i'm not at all bashing any instructor out there like i said there's freaking some awesome instructors out there uh to me i mean it comes down to you know would would you rather get instruction from a guy that's been in two or three gunfights or someone who's been in two or three hundred right I mean, that's where you're going to get your experience, but, uh, yeah, not this, I'm not trying to take it away from any of the instructors out there. Some of them are freaking really good instructors. I just feel that they're, they're wasting a lot of time on, on stuff that doesn't need to be taught. So that goes back to what I teach. I mean, it's all basic shit. I'm just trying to teach you how to do the basic stuff really fast and really accurate. Right. And really it comes down like uh, all my instruction it, it and having that mindset it's being competent you have to be confident with your weapon system right and, and that confidence is built through like repetition and constant training yeah well like i said in all my classes i think the beginning of you learning to get that confidence it starts with being smart being safe and you have those two, it'll make you confident in holding your gun or at least handling your gun. Once you have that confidence, then you can really start to train. Because if you go out there and you don't have confidence holding your pistol and you get up on the line and you're shaking, you're not going to be a good shooter. So I teach, yeah, I, I go over, you have to be safe, you have to be smart. And if you have those two, 
you'll get the confidence. And if you're a confident shooter, without a doubt, you'll be a better shooter. So real basic stuff, but come to me, it comes down to confidence. And then if you have that confidence, start building that mindset. Then after that, it's just basic shooting. Right. Right. It's, it's really simple. And it's, it's just interesting how that kind of, to me, when I hear you say it, just correlates to almost anything in life. You know, if you want to be good at something, you have to master the absolute <laughs> basics of it. And that's the only way yep. to do it. You know, that's where it starts. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Um, you know, I, I want to thank you for taking out the time to come on the podcast here. I know the audience is going to appreciate it. Uh, you know, they love to hear from guys like yourself and, um, you know, I'll, I'll start post reposting some of your, your stuff on Instagram and kind of, cool. you know, help spread your profile a little bit. And, um, you know, once again, just thank you for coming on and uh, thank you for your service. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. We'll uh, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Peace, brother. All right, have a good night. Great talking to Bob and uh, Nick from Crypto Strategic. It's always good to have guys who've been there, done that on the podcast, so we can talk about some of these issues and topics and get the perspective that they have through the years of experience in in these matters. And, you know, not, not to, to bash anybody who is not a combat veteran who teaches shooting, because there are plenty of guys who can shoot very well, who've never been to combat. But at the same time, like Nick, I think the way Nick broke it down was pretty interesting because he said he has guys that he knows who have not been to combat but are excellent pistol shooters, excellent rifle shooters, and he can get tips and information from them to help improve in one area. And then when it comes to other stuff, he can go to a guy who, like Bob, for instance, who has been a combat and, and has served in special operations for such a long time and, and get the no, no shit, real deal, uh, instruction. So it's all interesting stuff. And, you know, the way that the internet has kind of revolutionized communication and the way that people can see what everyone's doing, you know, at the snap of a finger, uh, it's really interesting. And like I said earlier on the show with guys coming back after so many years of war, you're going to see more companies of really legitimate guys like Bob, for instance, start to pop up and, and really get good instruction out there. So, uh, you know, it was great having them on. I really enjoyed doing this podcast. Uh, with that, we'll close it out. My website is www.globalrecon.net. We are in the process of revamping the website to make it a little more effective. I have a very good team of veteran writers. Uh, we are currently in a holding pattern. I thought the website would be finished a little sooner. It's taking a little longer, but that's fine because it's going to be good. And uh, once it's finished, we are going to get constantly uh, have articles out and you guys going to get good perspective from veterans and really smart and interesting people. So, be on the lookout for that. Obviously, we're going to announce that once everything is ready to roll. Uh, my Instagram account is IG Recon. The second account is Black Ops Matter. I also moderate and manage on my friend uh, Chantel Taylor's account, Mission Underscore Critical. Uh, she's a British Army combat medic, a veteran of 
Afghanistan and, and many, many war zones uh, across the planet. Uh, so check out Mission Critical as well. You can search Twitter on Twitter. I'm IG Recon on LinkedIn. It's Global Recon. As always, I encourage you guys to subscribe, download, share the articles with your friends and family. Um, I'm sorry, did I say articles? Share the podcast episodes with your friends and family. And that helps keep us at the top of the government and national categories on iTunes. And that'll help us continue to bring you uh, good content on a weekly basis. All right, we'll see. we got some interesting episodes planned for you guys. So we'll see you in a couple of days with another episode. Peace.